Remain in me. When I moved to Phoenix as a kid, our house had several citrus trees, uh, which I was almost surprised that anything would grow in the desert, um, but I didn't know it was one of the five C's of the state of Arizona, citrus. And over the course of the years, we learned a lot about citrus trees, um, and we learned that as the two grapefruit trees we had in the front yard died. Um, the orange tree, which was closest to where we backwashed the pool, it's healthy and thriving. Uh, and we are now on our third lemon tree. There's certain things we do that can help trees to bear fruit. And there's certain things we do that hurt the process. In a similar way, in our own lives, there's things that we can do for ourselves so that we can bear fruit, so that we can experience life to the full. And there's other things, whether consciously or unconsciously, that we do that sabotage our own happiness. As I hear this image, I, I can't help but notice that, you know, that we're, we're just two weeks from the end of the school year. And thinking about students kind of going out from here, whether graduating or going home for the summer or going to internships and all sorts of things. And how are we to stay connected to the Lord? How do we remain in the Lord so that his life is in us, so that we can bear fruit? And it's something that, that's a little sobering, too, because as I think about it, I can think um, even, even students who went to Mass every Sunday during college, that even some of those now, later on, don't pray and don't go to church. Even students who've been interns at the Newman Center, seeking to serve God in a generous way, some of them aren't even going to Mass. So what makes the difference? That if this, if the Lord is good for me, if the Lord desires my happiness, and I want to live in his love, remain in his love, and I want his fruit to be born in my life, his, the fruit that only comes from God, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, generosity, faithfulness, self-control. Like, I want those things. And so how do we allow those to remain in us? Our readings today give us a couple ideas. The first, in the first reading, we hear about Saul connected to the early church. He is drawn in by Barnabas. He, he's connected to the apostles. And they, they share their faith, and they actually find themselves in a hostile situation. They're experiencing persecution. And yet there's peace. And they're given the consolation of the Holy Spirit. There's numbers. There, there's fruitfulness. Because they're connected to the body of Christ. So the first thing is to recognize where our source of life comes from. Christ and his church. A life living the sacraments. That wherever we go, thankfully, there's, there's a Catholic church. There's a chapel we can just stop by and pray with the Lord. If I need it, there's a confessional nearby. 
but I cannot live alone. It is impossible to live as a solitary Christian. It, it, it's, contradict, it's a contradiction in terms. That to be Christian is to be grafted onto the body of Christ. And if I try to live it alone, I'm, probably every one of us could say we've, we've tried, right? And what happens? All of a sudden, we feel very disconnected from God. I feel very dry. I feel like God doesn't even exist. I feel like God doesn't even care about me. How is that happening? The first place to look is, have I drifted as a branch? Have I distanced myself from the source of my life, the roots from the vine? Does that make sense? That's the first thing we look for. Am I to stay connected to the body of Christ? And it's going to be different, you know? Like, not every church you go to is catered towards college students. Everything we do here is for college students. And so it's, it's going to feel different. It's going to force us to kind of mature in our faith, to kind of step up and, you know, there's no youth group. Okay, what are you going to do? The body of Christ is still there. There are other young adults. How do we find them? You know, how do we reach out to them? And so first and foremost, connecting to the body of Christ, the church. Secondly, our second reading from 1 John talks about our faith expressed in word and deeds. And he says, how do we remain in him? By keeping his commandments. Which, which can feel a little strong until I remember that I think about my own life. That um, the reason I feel healthy is because I don't eat everything I want to. <laughs> um, because I go to the gym a couple times a week. Because I go to the doctor um, even though I feel healthy. That because of certain actions that I take that are in harmony with my happiness. And so the commandments of God are given to us to most, sometimes we don't need that. Like I don't need a command, I don't need certain commandments tell me not to kill or kill people with my words or something. But, but they're there to remind me about how to maintain the life that I've been given in Christ. And if I don't maintain certain things, if I don't eat healthy, if I don't go to the gym for a week, I, I notice it. And if, we don't, if we're not faithful to the commandments, we'll start to notice those effects in our life. Once again, we feel disconnected from Christ. We feel like God may not exist. What does it matter if I don't go to church? You know, like we, we start to, to, to fade out there. And so pretty simple, but staying faithful to the commandments of Christ and his church that help me maintain the goodness that I experience in Christ. Third, this is what Jesus mentioned several times in our gospel. He talks about pruning. I remember uh, walking home from school one day when I was a kid, and I noticed um, this guy down the street, he had two trees. They weren't citrus trees but that they had totally been trimmed back to like a nub. And I was like, that dude just killed his trees. You know, like, I was like, why did he do that? And, you know, I don't know, I was fourth grade or something. You know, I don't, I don't get it. You know, it's like, that's weird. Whatever. You know, and just keep on walking. And like come spring, all of a sudden, like this explosion of branches. And I was like, oh, <laughs> they meant to do that. You know, they, they pruned 
and now it, the tree's bigger than ever. That I, I was even hearing somebody talk about it that, that even for like citrus trees specifically, that a citrus tree is the healthiest when it's pruned annually. It's like everything, right? Rose bushes, right? You, you trim them, you prune them, and that's what actually adds to their healthiness. Um, another comment I heard was somebody on this podcast I was listening to, he's sharing how he's being interviewed, and, this, and he says every Thursday he decides to stop doing something. And, and the interviewer's like, you are the most productive fruitful person I know like you get more done than anybody like how do you do that if you're stopping stuff and he's like well I'm fruitful because I stop doing stuff I can't do everything but I have to figure out what needs to stop what's inhibiting my life so that I can accomplish what I want so that I can have life in the way that I want that in some sense, you know, it's, there's this lie out there that it's not overt, but um, that I have to stay friends with everybody I've ever met in my life. That's impossible, right? That the people come into our life for a time. But here's the thing. I have a choice as to who I keep in my life. Who are those people who make me a better person? Who are those people that inspire me? Who are those people that hold me accountable and challenge me? Those people don't stay in my life by accident. The people of convenience that are just around, those are not the deeper friendships. But if I want that life-giving connection, I have to, I have to seek that out, right? That's, that's why this year at the, at the Newman Center, I don't know, at the beginning of the year, remember, we were talking a lot about like surrounding ourselves with a small group of people in the faith they can help keep me strong. And the people who did that at the Newman Center, the feedback has been awesome. The people who tried that, who took the effort to reach out and try to network, those people are so grateful. And the practice is it's meant to be practiced so that as we move on to this summer, that, that we know I'm capable of friendship, it takes effort, that, I, it's, that life with strong Catholics around me they're not, not my only friends, but, but having strong Catholics around me is better than trying to do it alone. And so now as we, as we go home for the summer, who are we going to surround ourselves with? How are we going to reach out and try to find new people to, to bring into our circle to help keep me strong in the faith? Because if I'm not actively doing it, it's not happening. I'm not, I, don't, I hope I'm not being negative here. I'm trying to be realistic. Like, I've had a lot of summers in my life, you know, and, um, and each summer becomes a new opportunity for the rest of my life of how, how, what kind of life do I want and what choices am I going to make that are help going to bring that about. I remember a book I read as a kid, and I, I tried to look it up and I couldn't find it. It was about, um, I, I remember there was like uh, a turtle and a rabbit, not in a race, um, but they had... <laughs> Um, they had this like banana tree and for whatever reason one day the banana tree was cut in half and they had to decide each of them said we're going to take half the tree and the rabbit you know symbolizing the hasty one says well this one I want you know this is the part with the bananas and the leaves like I'm taking that half because it's awesome and uh, the turtle's like well I guess I'll take the other half you know like 
symbolizing the slow growth, the slow build. The, the turtle takes the bottom half of the tree, and then all, what happens, you know, six months, a year later, well, the top half of the tree has long been dead. But the bottom half of the tree is now starting to bear, you know, bear the fruit of bananas and new leaves. What's the point of it? Where does our life come from? There are people who love coming to the Newman Center because there's great music, because my friends are there, because Father Matt sometimes says something funny, I hope. They might come for the sizzle, but if it's not rooted in what's substantial in Christ, that tree will die, and it needs to die. Those are the people who leave and stop going to Mass. Why were they coming in the first place? But if I want to be rooted, if I want that fruit, that that joy, that peace, that love in my life, where does it come from? It comes from the tree of life, Jesus Christ. And when my life is connected to him, that all the surface stuff is secondary. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether we're having a real fruitful year or not. That's what Psalm 1, the first psalm we're ever given in the Bible, talks about the man who rests and meditates on the word of God is like a tree planted near streams. That in season and out of season, in heat and in rain, that he remains connected to the river and bears fruit. Jesus Christ desires that we bear fruit. And it happens in one way, as we remain in him. As we recognize where our life comes from and where it doesn't come from. As we cut off that which harms our life. And we say yes intentionally to the practices that foster his life within me. As I surround people and I create myself with people who help that. And I I create an environment with the things that I can control. Because there's a lot that I can't control. But there's things that I can control. To stay connected to him. His living water, his body, his blood flowing within me, giving me life no matter how hot the desert is, no matter how hostile the environment out there, that I'm rooted in Jesus Christ, that he is my source, my life, my everything. I desire to remain in him, and more than that, he desires from his love, undying, to remain in me.